In the lectionary, we begin the 12th chapter of uh, the letter of St. Paul to the Romans, in which he tells us today, Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, your spiritual worship. It's interesting, St. Paul should speak of our bodies as a sacrifice and as holy and as uh, to be spiritual worship. Everything we do with our bodies is, is an act of worship, should be worthy of being offered to God. Uh, whether it's uh, literally worship as we do today in the Holy Mass, our prayers at home, but it could be the chores we do, the work we're involved in, whatever your job is, uh, the jokes you tell, the fun time you have with one another, the family relationships, all these things should be something which are fitting worship to God. Indeed, they should be things that we offer to God uh, as means of sanctification. We are called to sanctify ourselves in our ordinary life, and that is by the things we think and we say and do, which are things that, because we're enfleshed beings, everything we do is mediated through our flesh. And our bodies are not just things to be cast aside. They are really integral to who we are. Things that we should, we should offer to God. Really, they're united with us. So we offer ourselves in offering our bodies to God. And the Catechism of the Church connects this with the Eucharist because it's really about the moral life, living a good life, doing good things, avoiding doing bad things. And the Catechism of the Catholic Church says the moral life is spiritual worship, living a good life, doing the will of God, avoiding sin. And it says we present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. It's quoting St. Paul within the body of Christ that we form, that's the church, and in communion with the offering of his Eucharist. In the liturgy and the celebration of the sacraments, prayer and teaching are conjoined with the grace of Christ to enlighten and nourish Christian activity. As does the whole of the Christian life, the moral life finds its source and summit in the Eucharistic sacrifice. So in the Mass, there is a body at the heart of this celebration, the body of Christ uh, comes and is made present upon our altar and is offered to the Father, uh, represent, representing, not just representing, but representing uh, that one sacrifice that he made to his Father on the cross for the, for the forgiveness of our sins. But it is being offered to the Father, a body holy and pleasing to God, spiritual worship. And this point in the Catechism speaks really about what the bishops, in, particularly in this country, I think, are calling, they've coined that phrase, Eucharistic coherence. That in order for, to, for us to participate worthily in the Holy Eucharist, we have to be as, as like as possible to the body of Christ on the altar. That is our goal, identification with Christ. We have to be living Christ-like lives in order to be able to approach the altar worthily. But on the other hand, we need the Eucharist in order to live Christ-like lives. That's why the moral life, the Catechism says, finds its source in the Eucharistic sacrifice. In other words, we, we are enabled to live the moral life by participation in the Eucharistic sacrifice and its summit in the Eucharistic sacrifice. The moral life enables us to participate in the Eucharistic sacrifice. That coherence of our lives with the mysteries that we celebrate. And St. Paul speaks about our bodies as holy. And the Catechism tells us that 
that holiness comes upon our bodies in baptism. Baptism confers on its recipient the grace of purification from all sins. But the baptized must continue to struggle against concupiscence of the flesh and disordered desires. That baby is giving us spiritual worship today. All right? Totally in accordance with the will of God. According to its nature, it's giving spiritual worship to God. All right, so we, have to, we still have to struggle against concupiscence of the flesh and disordered desires, which that baby does not have at the moment. With God's grace, he will prevail, the baptized, by the virtue and gift of chastity, for chastity lets us love with upright and undivided heart. By purity of intention, which consists in seeking the true end of man, with simplicity of vision, the baptized person seeks to find and to fulfill God's will in everything. By purity of vision, external and internal, by discipline of feelings and imagination, by refusing all complicity in impure thoughts that incline us to turn aside from the path of God's commandments. By prayer, and here the Catechism quotes a prayer that St. Augustine writes in his wonderful Confessions. He addresses this prayer to God in his struggle for chastity. I thought the continence arose from one's own powers, which I did not recognize in myself, I was foolish enough not to know that no one can be continent unless you grant it, Lord. For you would surely have granted it if my inner groaning had reached your ears. In other words, if I'd only prayed. And I with firm faith had cast my cares on you. We need to pray for this purity, for this purity of heart, that our bodies may be holy and pleasing to God and very capable of spiritual worship. And St. Paul reminds us today, do not conform yourselves to this age, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. If you were at Mass on Friday, you would, uh, you would have heard St. Paul write to the Thessalonians that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God. For God has not called us for impurity, but in holiness." The people of Thessalonica, the Christian converts of Thessalonica, lived like us in a pagan culture, which, like our culture, is soaked in sex. It was then, and it is now. And St. Paul was calling the Thessalonians to live a different life, not to conform themselves to the culture in which they live, they were living, but rather to be a light in that culture. So while others may be immodest, we must be modest. While others may be uh, living you know, the, the unchaste life, we must live the chaste life. And the Catechism comments on quite a few paragraphs of modesty, which I want to share with you. Modesty protects the intimate center of the person. It means refusing to unveil what should be hidden. Isn't that amazing? It means refusing to unveil what should remain hidden. It is ordered to chastity, to whose sensitivity it bears witness. It guides how one looks at others and behaves towards them in conformity with the dignity of persons and their solidarity. Continues, modesty protects the mystery of persons and their love. Modesty is decency. It inspires one's choice of clothing. It keeps silence or reserve when there is evident risk of unhealthy curiosity. It is discreet. Continuing, modesty protests against the voyeuristic explorations of the human body in certain advertisements or against the solicitations of certain media. 
that go too far in the exhibition of intimate things. Modesty inspires a way of life which makes it possible to resist the allurements of fashion and the pressures of prevailing ideologies. We do not just follow the prevailing fashions, but we have our own code of how, to, how we should appear. And it's difficult to avoid following the way of the world, but we heard our Lord admonishing St. Peter in the Gospel today in very clear terms when he suggested to Jesus that he should not offer his body as a spiritual sacrifice, that he should not die on the cross. And what did our Lord say? Just It seems in the Gospel that minutes after he was entrusted with, with the keys of the kingdom, whatever you bind on earth, you shall be bound in heaven. Now he tells Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are an obstacle to me. You are thinking not as God does, but as human beings do. And many can be obstacles to us. There are many obstacles in the way of, of living this modesty, this holiness and, uh, of life. And many obstacles are placed in the way of our children. And we must rather learn how to help our young people think as God does, to help them discover the true meaning of their bodies and of themselves. That everything they do, everything about their body is directed to God from the glory of God and is to be acceptable spiritual worship. And you know, the reverence we show for sacred things, speaking of the Eucharist as we did at the beginning, the, everything, the reverence that we show for sacred things in the liturgy is not unconnected with modesty. We veil what should be hidden. We protect the mystery of the sacred. And our bodies are sacred too. And the mystery of that sacredness needs also to be protected. Do not conform yourself, St. Paul says, to this age, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and pleasing and perfect. Not to look to the culture, but to the word of God. And how do we discern the will of God to discern what is good and pleasing and perfect? In prayer. We turn to prayer. And the Catechism says that it's by prayer that we can discern, quoting St. Paul here, what is the will of God, and obtain the endurance to do it. Jesus teaches us that one enters the kingdom of heaven not by speaking words, but by doing the will of my Father in heaven. There are many forms of prayer, but next month will be the month of the, dedicated to the rosary, the month of October. I really want to encourage you to, if, to pray that devotion, if you do, or already do, to pray it with, with uh, greater depth, and if you don't, to really take it up. And... Um, You'll find in the vestibule this what lovely little book, The Secret of the Rosie by St. Louis de Montfort. The uh, cover price is $6.95, but I ordered a big batch of them, so the cost price is $4. If you want to pay $4 for one, by all means do. If you want to make any other offering, by all means do. If you want to take one free, by all means do. All right? Please take one of these books so that you can deepen in your understanding of the rosary and the beautiful um, gift that the rosary is to us and how it can help us discern what is the will of God for each one of us.